0: This is Mr. Wright. I'm Doug. This is an Abyss Stairs Back episode. I talk about what I'm taking in as opposed to putting out into the world on this podcast. First, a bunch of video games. Uh, I've been playing Batman Arkham Knight, which I know has been out for years, but is still a crown jewel in Rocksteady's pentathon of Arkham games from Batman. It is. Very engaging. Uh, lots of side missions. The writing is, I think, a bit on the nose. They introduce a mystery character, the Arkham Knight, whose identity has, you know, I've known just because the game's been out for a while. It's hard to avoid spoilers after a couple years. But I like it. Um, I like that it delves more into Batman's psychoses. I mean, really, when you think about it, Batman is a psychotic individual, and they start getting into that since in the last game, Arkham City, with the death of the Joker, Batman is being hunted by the Joker uh, through his uh, intake of the some kind of t- Joker venom or Titan venom or something like that. It's been a while since I've played Arkham City. But uh, the Joker acts as kind of a deus ex machina in terms of explaining Batman's growing insanity, uh, which started when his parents were murdered, Batman's not the Jokers, and how his psychosis is growing. It's been very cool looking at that. I have also been playing God of War, the reboot or soft reboot um, from Santa Monica Studios for PlayStation 4. Man, that game grabbed me and sucked me in. First things first, I've been a fan of the franchise since its original inception on PlayStation 2, and this new God of War does not disappoint. Uh, It looks like it's going to be the beginning of a trilogy, or at least, you know, they've hinted at the sequel, other than the game has been up for several Best Game of the Year awards before it even got released. But having played and beaten it, oh man, I cannot wait for the second one. It's like, watching a great movie, and you're like, they're not going to top this, there's, it's just, it's just amazing, um, graphics, mind-blowing, gameplay, yeah, it's repetitive, but it is a hack and slash, so that is to be expected, but the writing in it, it's all about father and son dynamics and relationships with both the Norse gods and Kratos and his son Atreus, and I'm not gonna lie, it, it got me it may be a little weepy um, at certain parts. Um, you do see the development of that relationship uh, as rocky as it is, and it is just heartbreaking and heartwarming. I highly recommend the game. Speaking of love as a theme in terms of father and child, I've been playing The Last of Us Remastered. This is a game that's been out for years as well. Another uh, big winner for best game of the year when it came out. And I just got it from a friend, uh, and I have not been able to put it down at all. I have stopped playing the uh, uh, aforementioned Batman Arkham Knight uh, to play these two games, and Last of Us is just one of those. It's literally paused in front of me right now as I record this. Um, at a, a, I'm probably about halfway through the game, maybe. Maybe a third of the way. I'm not sure. My friend won't tell me how far I'm through. He doesn't want to spoil anything for me, and it has been... An emotional roller coaster in terms of the the basic story is that the they're they're not zombies, but this like fungus, the kinds that like um, reanimate the, the ants in nature. That's real. Uh, like you know, take the spores have taken over people, and uh, it's it's very you know post apocalyptic. But you um, have this character Joel, whose daughter is killed uh, at the beginning of the infection. Uh, and becomes in charge of the kind of humanity's last savior or last hope, this girl Ellie, who is immune to the the pathogen, the spores. And, of course, you know, the father-daughter relationship blossoms from there, but once again, rocky start. And, uh, like I said, I'm only a, probably a third or halfway through the game, and I am just wowed by how good the writing of this is. I watched the trailer for the upcoming Last of Us Part Two. And it doesn't show a whole lot. It introduces a few new characters I don't know anything about. But man, I cannot wait based on the writing of Last of Us. Once again, highly recommended. I had talked about with God of War uh, seeing movies uh, that you just want to see the sequels to. And we're going to start with Avengers 3, Avengers of Infinity War. Now, not a whole lot of spoilers here, but I would say it is an extremely well-crafted action movie. Um... There are highs and lows in terms of emotion. But what I really do want to talk about with Avengers 3 is turning convention on its head. The ending. You don't see it coming. I mean, you knew it was going to be part one of part two. But still, to leave a jaw-dropping cliffhanger ending like that on Avengers Infinity War was just something that I don't think anyone saw. Anyone saw. Um, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of talk about time travel at this point for Avengers for the untitled sequel, but man. Now, while Avengers Infinity War left me on a high note in terms of energy and wowness, ness uh, Deadpool 2 did not. I was simply whelmed by Deadpool 2. More of the same, not as surprising as Deadpool 1. Um, kind of my same opinion on Guardians vs. Guardians of the Galaxy Vol. 2. It's not hip and unique and, you know, uh, original anymore, it's just continuation of these unique characters that you've already settled into. So Deadpool more of the same action pieces, meta references, breaking the fourth wall. Uh, I thought Deadpool 2 was emotionally bloated, took itself too seriously. Um, I think that everything that was cliche that they didn't call attention to, like the superhero landing or... You know, I hope they got that in slow motion when Deadpool takes a bullet for someone in the movie. Um, They call attention to that as as how cliché it is um, and what a trope it is. But there were parts with um, specifically the heaven scenes. And if you haven't seen it, that's all I'm going to say. But the heaven scenes um, where they didn't really talk about how hackneyed and cliché that was. Um, And I was a little disappointed. Like I said, I think it stopped being a satire of superhero films and became one itself. So emotion bloated, I think it kind of, I wouldn't say crumbled, but I think it kind of limped along under some of the weight that was placed on it. Um, I think a new director coming in, well, an excellent director, co-director of John Wick, and it showed in the action scenes in Deadpool 2. There wasn't the right synergy, especially with Ryan Reynolds um, co-writing and producing the movie as well. I think the creative differences, whatever they were, between Ryan Reynolds and the original film director, Tim Miller, I think they should have surmounted them. I think it would have made a better product um, for Deadpool 2 had Tim Miller stayed on. Speaking of writers, uh, I've been rereading The Adventures of Cavalier and Clay by Michael Chabon. Stunning book, uh, same guy who wrote Wonder Boys, uh, the comic book The Escapist, but uh, Cavalier and Clay is kind of a, a historical fiction take on the creation of Superman. Um, and it delves more into the fictional um, creators' lives in terms of the oppressiveness of the Depression uh, and being Jewish and economically struggling, along with religiously struggling, uh, the oppressive nature of the economy and society and their own lives and their expectations versus results. Truly a great book. I recommend it. I've also been rereading Kyle Higgins' run on Batman Beyond, great characterization, really to expand on something so limited as just a couple episodes in the Batman Beyond cartoon, but to expand and really deepen the characters in the Justice League Unlimited, plus Terry McGinnis, Batman himself, having a new mentor in the aged Dick Grayson as opposed to the aged and cantankerous Bruce Wayne. Really neat to see a new dynamic there. I think that was a Good move to shake things up. I highly recommend that as well. Uh, I have been reading Eric Powell's Goon uh, here and there in fits and bursts. Uh, the books I have are the library editions, so they are very clunky and heavy physically, so they're hard for me to like take on the go and read. So I don't read them as often. I tend to read them after I'm you know uh, out of work. Um, I'll sit down for half an hour, forty-five minutes, and, and plow through um, you know two to three issues. Out of whack, but man, the guys... Eric Powell's gift for dialogue is nothing short of godly and just outright Steve McQueen cool. So check out The Goon if you haven't. I know I've talked about it before. Uh, and lastly, I watched... It says Reds, and that would mean I watched uh, the Bruce Willis vehicles Red and Red 2. Uh, originally based on the comic spy... Cully Hammer, and Warren Ellis. Red 1, the whole premise was that age and experience will always trump youth and energy. I completely agree. Uh, Red 2 kind of lost that. I mean, you did have more nuanced characters. You did see growth uh, across the board, like you did see in Red. But I think that the general thesis of Red was lost in Red 2, though it is a fun watch. It's just a fun watch. So that is the list of what I've been taking in. I'll be back next time with a talk of self-publishing and maybe a few more episodes of the ongoing novella slash podcast, Black Falls. Remember, you keep writing, they'll keep reading. Right on. If you liked this, check out some of our other shows like Mr. Wright, Exotic Liability, And no applause, just the clap. You can find us at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for BACN on iTunes and Stitcher.